You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're a little bit more removed from the Bruins' epic, to say the least, failure, disappointment of a postseason run. Watching the Panthers go up 3-0 against Toronto, watching just the rest of the series playing out. You feel any better about what happened or, or, or do you still feel sick to your stomach? Cause I feel sick to my stomach still. So I don't feel any better. Like I've seen some people say that, you know, and, and razor kind of had the, or he at least posed the idea on Twitter of like, does it, you know, do you feel any differently or better about it? And honestly, I don't because I just look at that and I'm like, the Bruins could it, not saying like they would have swept Toronto, but they could have handled Toronto. And again, like there's nothing that could happen that would make me feel good about blowing a three, one lead and blowing multiple third period leads. So even if the Panthers go on to win the Stanley cup, like, yeah, you would sit there and say, all right, uh, clearly that was a better team than we, you know, look, I picked them. I picked the Bruins to sweep. So I'll put myself at the front of a line. Like clearly they're better than, uh, than a lot of us thought but you still had a three, one lead. So even if Florida goes on to win the cup, I would just sit there and look at that and be like, if you took care of business, that could have been you like, look, there was no, you know, super team standing in the way that was going to stop you in a later round. It, it was there for the taking. So I, I don't feel any better in some ways, like the further the Panthers go, it, it would make me feel worse because I, I'll just keep looking at it going, Yep, the Bruins could have handled that path. Like they could have done whatever Florida's doing. The only thing that makes me feel better is it's kind of funny to watch it happen to someone else. <laughs> that's it's kind of funny to watch it happen to Toronto. I don't know. Um, that that's really it. I I don't think it it doesn't make me feel better. I think it really just may maybe is a wake up call to the people who weren't taking them seriously because of part of their because a part of the Panther season wasn't they weren't playing to their potential. And then all of a sudden you do see them playing to their potential and their threat, but they're, you know, the Bruins still should have had, I think the inexcusable thing still comes back to probably two main things, which is that how do you lose three games in a row to, to get knocked out of the playoffs um, when you're up three, one, and how do you mishandle your goalie situation that bad? And that's where it's just like, we could sit here and talk about the what ifs and, you know, if they had just, been able to beat the Panthers maybe they did have a clear path to the cup and maybe the Panthers were going to be their toughest competition just because of the way that roster is built up and um the way that they were able to match up against the Bruins but uh all the inexcusable stuff that <laughs> happened in the first round it it doesn't make you feel any better that other teams are dealing with some of the same troubles because you still think you should have been into the second round um it, it's still kind of weird even 
when I'm watching these other hockey games that they're not and that we're, and that we're not like Scott and I aren't at the garden covering hockey. Scott's there covering basketball now. Um, like that's, it's still weird. And, uh, and we'll get into some of the, the press conference uh, stuff that happened with Bruins management and coach Montgomery, but even now, however far we are removed over a week, um, there's still disbelief and there's still, um just the feeling of what happened like I still think people haven't been able to fully put their fingers on what made the Bruins go from like really the best team on paper and with the best players to all of a sudden these players are just not themselves anymore like what caused them to just not play the way they played the whole year yeah I mean I I think just to quickly answer that question like my gut feeling on that and I've been saying this very transparently all along i just don't think that they had the desperation level that they needed and to me that's inexcusable for a team and especially when you hear some of the rhetoric coming from the the press conferences you just alluded to bridget where it's they're talking about how they just weren't more or less because the the management brass the ownership brass they don't have answers either and and we can sit here and talk about jim montgomery all we want and, and and second guess some of his decisions but but the players there are far too many players with experience on this Bruins team that have been in the playoffs throughout their entire career to be caught off guard by the intensity of the playoffs. And Boston just didn't match Florida's energy level, desperation level, and 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 I'm talking mentally and physically. And and that's inexcusable because all year to to know you're the hunted, to go into the playoffs knowing the storylines out there about the president's trophy curse and how everybody wants the Bruins to fail and, 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 and get upset and whatnot to, to not be ready for that, to not be on your toes, to, to try to fight back against that narrative pisses me off to no end. And it's, and it's, it's a shame on the players. And I'm not saying that a lot of the guys weren't giving it their all, but I'm, I'm telling you as a group, they weren't giving it their all. And, and I'm not saying it's a conscious decision that they weren't trying hard, but it's, you, you just you you just have to you have to perform you have to come ready to play and they just weren't because not only not only did they just barely miss winning that series guys they they only played well for two games game one they sucked and they won game two they lost games three and four they played great game five they outshot florida they played well they could have won that game game six way too loose defensively game seven they no showed the first 40 minutes and then when they took the lead they sat back on their heels the last 10 minutes so inexcusable way too much way too much for, for my liking and and you know they talked about it in the press conference that Neil, Kim Neely said I don't know maybe the guys were hearing some of the, the narratives out there about the president's trophy curse and it seeped into the room that's totally inexcusable and to see I feel like, like we've all said the word inexcusable like 30 times well, in the first five minutes of this because that's that, really the word that's the word that's... keep that keep that ticker going Bridget because it's going to be another 50 times in the next five minutes but <laughs> I guess what annoys me most about the question I posed to you guys is right now I'm watching Florida do exactly what I thought the Bruins could have done had they just held on to that lead in the in, in the end of game seven it was one of those situations where I said to myself self win this game get through the first round, which is a very, very chaotic round in general. And then things start to settle down after that. You get half the team, you know, half the teams go away and you start to focus on your game. You got the playoff nerves out of your system. And so I, I don't feel any better about the situation. Um, sorry, I may just mute myself. 
I feel worse about it now that Florida is continuing to play well, especially when you look at the Western Conference. And there's a couple of guys in Edmonton that are pretty impressive, and there's a couple of teams out there that work hard, but nobody really scares me out West if the Bruins found their way to the Cup Finals this year. So it's it's a very, very uh, missed opportunity, large missed opportunity. Yeah. Brian, Brian's so fired up. He's just hammering away on different buttons over there. <laughs> uh, it's been a couple of weeks. I haven't had a chance to get this <laughs> off my chest. Um, yeah. You, so, you know, you mentioned like players not bringing it or not being motivated enough or whatever. And I thought one of the most interesting quotes to come out of uh, the press conferences with Montgomery and team management on Tuesday over at the garden was Montgomery when he was asked about kind of regrets or what he learned. And he said, the overriding one is it's my job to get the players to own the moment, seize the moment. And that didn't happen. And that falls on me. Uh, Later he said, you know, those are the things that really stick with me. But the number one thing is my job is to get the players to elevate their games. And I didn't do that. So like on the one hand, okay, you know, Montgomery's clearly taking a lot of this on himself. um, And I think to certainly to an extent, that's fair. Like I, I do think, you know, it obviously wasn't a good series for him and he's, Come to some criticism and that quite a bit of it's been deserved. But I also hear that and think, well, the like really like this group of players needed a coach to motivate them to get them to elevate their games. Like we, we hear so often about how great this team's leadership is. And I think for the most part, it is like, I, you know, you'll never catch me saying that. Bergeron and Krejci and Marchand are bad leaders. Like, I don't believe that. But why weren't they the ones getting the team motivated? Like, why, if there was, if there was some lack, lack of urgency or, you know, guys coming out flat or not elevating their games, not seizing the moment, like, why couldn't that leadership group get that out of the team? You know, so, yeah, sure. Montgomery, as a coach, like if you're seeing that it's not happening, you do have to find a way to try to press those buttons and, and intervene and, and, you know, find your own way to motivate the group. But I, I really feel like that shouldn't have been needed. Like that this team with everything they've been through and, and how much of a veteran group it is like, they shouldn't need a coach to be giving them pump up speeches and game six of a playoff series. Like at least I don't think, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe every team needs that. Like maybe there's, you know, no such thing as a team that doesn't need a coach jumping in, but man, like I hearing that, I'm like, I feel like the, these players like should, they should be able to do that for themselves like that, you know? So I guess good on Montgomery for like taking some blame, but I, I'm more interested in like why, why that was even necessary. Like why Montgomery even felt like, yeah, that was something I, I needed to do and didn't. Uh, so I I think that one of the that was not his his issue, right? In in coaching, if I was going to go back and point to what he did wrong in the playoffs, um, that's not what I would point to. And he pointed out, well, and we'll get to the other stuff he pointed out later. Um, but the whole like motivational thing, I think it's pretty clear that that team didn't need him to do that and that they did have the right leadership to do that. I don't think he can take credit for the motivation that the team had in the regular season because it wasn't him motivating them. I also don't think he can take blame for the fact that they 
just were playing uninspired hockey. And like you mentioned, the leaders usually would have taken care of that. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, he's a Jack Adams finalist. He's probably going to win it. Um, he didn't have to make a lot of tough decisions during the regular season. He didn't have to be that motivational guy. I don't, I don't even know how seriously they would have taken him if he was in there giving inspirational speeches. Like these guys in that room have respect for the Bergerons and the Flinos and, um, their teammates. And that's kind of, he kind of was hands off in that, um, we saw it throughout the season that he was pretty hands-off in that category where he really messed up was letting maybe, maybe even too much letting the players handle it themselves. Right. Like I think his biggest mistake was the goaltending, not switching goaltending. And when you let the players decide for themselves, um, I'm ready to play, put me back in. And, and you're talking about Linus Allmark and he's like, oh yeah, coach, I'm good. Just like, let me like, no, at some point as the coach, you have to step in and say, from what I saw, maybe you're not hundred percent ready. And I'm going to make this decision to take you out. Like those are the real things that he kind of let slip and what he should be um, reflecting on more so. I think that's a good point to bring up because he was, he also talked about Bergeron and, and the correspondence he had with him after game three in Florida and basically said, you know, what do you think? Should we hold you out till you're healthy if we win game three? And he was like, no, I'm playing Monty. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, I don't keep, I'm not going to keep Hall of Fame players out of the lineup. And I, and I, we get that sentiment, but it's, but to your point, Bridget, like you have to, you can't let the inmates run the asylum. Like you have, you have to have authority and, and dating back to when they hired Jim Montgomery, especially early on when things were going really well in the beginning of the season. My, my only question with him was, can he be the bad cop? And I know it's not in his nature to be the bad cop. So if you're, if you're, if you're going to have Jim Montgomery be Jim Montgomery, then maybe they should have some sort of fiery assistant coach to go in there and, and let a fuse under these guys' ass because clearly, clearly there's something missing with this team. And it's not just the personnel because this team has fallen short with a roster that we all kind of said wasn't a cup winning roster. And they've also fallen short with a roster where we said, this is the best roster in hockey. So there's something off where when a team in the playoffs decides that they want to impose their will physically and game plan for the Bruins, the Bruins can't, they just, they, 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 they don't have an answer physically. They don't have an answer outside of 2011. The Bruins have, they've succumbed to, to the other teams imposing their will against Boston in different ways, different forms, different teams. But Look at the last handful of years, the teams that have just pushed Boston around. And I don't think Boston had the roster to be pushed around this year necessarily. I don't think they had the toughest roster. Boston didn't have a, a massive power forward that just you can't, you can't move and you, and you fear him coming down the wall on you, right? They, they didn't have that. But Boston didn't have a team that was just not capable. And they, they got pushed around by, by the Blues in 19. They got pushed around by Tampa, although Tampa just had more, more talent. They got pushed around by the Islanders, who had less talent. They got pushed around by the Hurricanes. I would say they had less talent. They got pushed around by the Panthers. They had less talent. When a team says to themselves, "We're just gonna, we're just gonna skate Boston into the into the end boards," the Bruins just don't have an answer. And 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 they've addressed the personnel, but there's something in this DNA where they're a losing team outside of 2011. And I don't and I don't like to say outside of because it's ignoring it. 2011 they got the job done but look at that roster in 2011 that roster was very very you're not you're not going to intimidate us you're not going to take us off of our game 
and they had the, the, the talent to accompany that toughness. But this Bruins, the, the Bruins, that they every single year they 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 fall, they fall short of their goal, and it always seems like at least a round before they're supposed to. And to me, that's where it's annoying. Like you could you can always you can always respect a conference final finish. And, you know, you won two rounds, you gave it a good go, you lost in six in the conference finals, or you make it to the cup finals. You did, you did, you did a lot there. You did a lot well, but to keep losing in the first round and to lose in the second round, it's just, it's the Bruins have too much talent and, and, and historically, and they just can't match the intensity of when, when a team decides to, to turn it up a notch and just really game plan and outwork Boston. And that's what I saw this year. Can't really, it's, it's tough to explain. One thing I keep coming back to though is like, to me they they more or less figured that like they got pushed around in game two on home ice, and I really thought they realized in that moment like intensity wasn't good enough. They weren't ready to play playoff hockey, and then games three and four they were, and like they were there. You know, if this series had just gone back and forth and like at no point did the Bruins really look in charge. I'd say like, okay, yeah, maybe they did get pushed around. Maybe, you know, Panthers just wanted more or whatever, but like games three and four happened and the Bruins were the better team on the road and we're in control. We're in control of those games. We're in control of the series. And again, I don't know, maybe Florida found another, another gear to take it to after that. But I really look at it more as like the the Bruins opened the door. Like they just they let up. They made the mistakes. Their goaltending fell apart. Like, I, yeah, some of it is physicality, but again, I've made this point before. Like the the Panthers were gonna or were gonna be physical. We're gonna force turnovers against anyone. Like that's just that's how they're they're built. They're a great forechecking team the Bruins are still good enough to overcome that and had shown that in this series. And for whatever reason, it just, they couldn't in games five through seven. Like I, I don't think they got physically worn down or beat up or like, you know, suffered key injuries the way they had in the past, whether it was, you know, Grizzly against St. Louis, Carlo against the Islanders, like, you know, um, Kevin Miller against Washington. Like I, None of that stuff happened. They they actually got healthier. They actually got guys back as the series went on. So I, I think it's a little different than than those past years. Like to me, this was more mental than anything. And like maybe the the physicality part of it plays into that. Like maybe you know, take getting hit on the forecheck contributes to mental lapses or whatever. But I really just think like mentally, for some reason this group couldn't couldn't close it out. Like could just couldn't push it past the finish line. Couldn't once the snowball got rolling downhill, like they, they couldn't stop making mistakes. It was like, I, I don't like they were in their own heads. And I feel like maybe that's some of, I, I know Neely referenced like the president's trophy curse. And I really hope like that wasn't creeping into the locker room, but I do think maybe some of the noise about like, like as things started kind of going sideways of, you know, are like, are they really going to blow this? And, you know, how could a team this great possibly lose in the first round? Like maybe some of that got in where they're thinking like the same thing fans are like, Oh, but like, we, we can't blow this guys. Right. Like we're not, we're really not, we're not really going to lose in the first round. Right. Like there's no way. 
like maybe some of that happened but yeah like i honestly think it's more mental than than physical though because i I just look at the mistakes and it's like you know it's not like they they were getting caught deep in their own zone and making these bad turnovers uh because they're shying away from hits or whatever like no they were just making really bad decisions and like i I still don't have a great explanation for why that happened. And I don't think anyone sitting in that press conference yesterday did like they, you know, I think they didn't want to like directly throw players under the bus and, and say like, yeah, it was on the players. I don't know why they did that, but you kind of got the sense that like, they didn't really have any other explanations for it. Even as much as Montgomery says, you know, I need to motivate players or whatever. It's like, ultimately like how, who else you know, has like who else can possibly step in and be like, yeah, no, don't make a blind pass into your own slot. Don't just give the puck away in the neutral zone. Don't, you know, chip it up the boards to nobody. Like, don't, don't, those are on the players. And, and, you know, maybe Montgomery can do more in video sessions and point stuff out or whatever. But I don't know. Like, I, I still have no explanation for the mental lapses. And, and that's, that's what I, even more than like anything physical. Like that's what I just keep coming back to is like, why did that happen? Like, you know, maybe, maybe they were just two in their own heads. Yeah. I don't think it was the physical as much as it was a confidence thing. Like it was pretty clear that they weren't playing with the same kind of confidence they played in the regular season. And one of the other things that Montgomery said in his opening statement was that they weren't playing with the puck confidence that they had in the regular season. And, you could tell with the decision-making that, you know, maybe they were second guessing themselves with some of the things that they did. Um, And they just, they mentally were not clicking and meshing the way that they had in the regular season. And I think if you want to put the blame on Montgomery at all for the fact that they didn't have confidence, um, I would say you could look to the fact that he was not putting them in the positions that they had done well within the past right like he had the formula the whole regular season he had these lines that he almost like didn't have to change throughout the whole year if you think about it that first line should not have been messed with when Bergeron came back it'd been that way pretty much the entire season the second line you know the check line if when Krejci was there or you know with Bertuzzi on it whatever he had a lot of the stuff figured out going into the playoffs that he messed with. And I think that that has the ability to take confidence away um, because you're saying, you know what, it's not working. (laughs) And when you put that thought into someone's head, it's like, oh, it's not working. Like that, that can take your confidence away. Um, Whereas if he had been like, no, no, this is what we're going with. This is what we want with the whole year. Um, we're confident in this line. This line's going to figure out how to get it done. First of all, they have the chemistry to get it done. And second of all, you're showing them that you believe that they can do it. So when you're pushing buttons and you're moving things around, you're basically saying this isn't working and that can affect people. And also what you're saying in the goalie rotation thing is we're not confident in Swayman. We're only confident in this one goalie. And then when you do that, you put Swayman in in game seven and you put him in in a position that he's not fully set up for success. So he showed a lack of confidence 
in his original lines and in his goalie rotation that he hadn't shown the whole season. And I think it trickled down into the team. That's a, that's the trickling down into the team is a great way to put it. Cause I think from, from the coach down, I think that there was a, you guys have talked about how you feel like it's mental. And I, and I, I agree. And I think that you talk about a lack of puck confidence to me that, that, that just shows a lack of, of mental toughness for, to, to get what was me when things oh things aren't going our way like they were all year to, that's 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 bush league that that is just that's that's the type of attitude and the type of effect you would find on a young team on a young up and coming team who had a great year but their first go into playoffs they got slapped in the face this Bruins team to have that happen to them to me is it, it's 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 indescribable so that I don't say inexcusable for the 50th time, but that's what I wanted to say. It's just, it seems like a lack of toughness. And yeah, I think, I think the same could be said for the coach, the coach, which the coach was looking at a team on the other, on the other bench and a coach, you know, the bench who was not afraid of Boston, who was definitely making Boston feel uncomfortable. And, and there was panic. There was absolutely panic on that Bruins bench, starting with Jim Montgomery. And, and there's, and he definitely made decisions that, were series altering, in my opinion. You could say that different different lines at different times, different goalie decisions. Sure, there are tangible decisions that he made that you can sit here in hindsight and say, yeah, that may have been a difference in the series. But outside of that, for me, it really comes back down to the players' play and and for this Bruins team to be so mentally fragile and soft when it seems like things aren't going their way. Oh, what's going on, guys? We, we had 65 wins. It's not working anymore. I don't, I don't feel confident anymore. Am I, am I pretty anymore? It's like, come on, like, like get, you know, go out there and, and, and fight through that. And people talked about in Boston how they were, they were concerned about the Bruins' lack of, uh, I guess, walls that they hit in the regular season, their, their lack of – what's the word? I'm blanking on the most obvious word in the world, but – um. They just they weren't tested. I got obstacles or yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They didn't feel enough obstacles or whatever through the course of the season. And my I always kept saying, I don't think that's true because they started the year without some of their top players, and 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 that to me was that was that that was a big obstacle for them to get through. And so I I thought they did face adversity. Thank you. That's what I was looking for, Scott. Yeah. Um. They they that was the adversity. I think that adversity that they did they did face early on, but apparently. These people who are saying that are justified now. They're vindicated in saying that the Bruins didn't face enough adversity in the regular season because the first time they really hit it in the playoffs, they crumbled under pressure. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, there were times where things weren't going their way in the regular season, but they kind of still found ways to win. And they never really felt it. So I don't know. What's, it's I don't know. Maybe, maybe they needed one or two guys to be injured all the time. And finally having everyone healthy and in the lineup was their downfall. I I think if they had just gotten through that game seven, though, they would have been able to prove to themselves that they could do it like in the toughest situation. And like mentally, that would have probably settled them in a little bit like, okay, we won a game seven. Check that off the list. Now we know we can do it again. We know we can stave off elimination if it happens in the next round. Whenever whenever another elimination game comes, we know that we can handle it. So if they had just gotten through that game seven, um that would have been a, oh my God, we bent all the way, but we found a way, like we made a lot of mistakes, but we still found a way to win. Um, and kind of a reset and a confidence boost to go into the second round with. 
Um, and then at that point, you have kind of faced every challenge you could have faced in a first round series. You had games where you couldn't, you know, connect with the pass. You had you overcame uh, injuries to key centers. You overcame goalie injury or goalie rotation blunder. And now you're able to put that behind you and go, okay, well, we now learned from that really difficult seven game series, um, how to win a series, how to win an elimination game. And we're going to go forward and move forward and um, have that in, in the memory bank and, and just know how to move on from there. Um, so I, I really do think that even though they played some of the worst hockey, I've seen them play the whole season in the first round. And they could have gotten back on track in the second round because those games were anomalies. Like that game too was maybe the worst game I've, I've seen them play the whole year. I didn't even know what I was watching. I said that to, there was a French Canadian reporter sitting next to me. I was like, I don't know what I'm like. I don't know what this is. Game seven for the first 40 minutes of game seven. I had no clue what I was watching. I was like, this isn't even like, it's not registering to me as this is the Bruins. Like, it's like, I, the Chicago Blackhawks, like the the last place team this season, like that's what it felt like I was watching, and it was so uninspiring that the crowd was completely out of it in Game Seven. Like that's bad, um, but I do still have that feeling that if they had gotten out of that round, they could have regrouped. And they're not bad hockey players, and they didn't mm. they didn't have the injuries, so it's like okay, there was no reason that they couldn't have gotten back on track if they had somehow managed to win game seven. That's And that's what makes it so difficult for me too because I feel the same way. Like I, 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 For me, it was you get you finished those 59 seconds off and, and yeah, you just went through a very, 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 very scary first round where your season was on the line and, and you, you, you got through on the skin of your teeth and, and here we go. But then – the, to Scott's point last episode, okay, well, then how injured would Bergeron have been going forward? So there would have been other things, but I, I completely agree with you, Bridget. I think they would have met, taken a big exhale because I think there was a lot of pressure on this Bruins team to get out of the first round in particular. Not so much win a cup, but that first round was daunting to get through that, to, to shake off all the potential choke um, you know, headlines that were going to be on there. 